Welcome, everybody, to episode number two of the Unfiltered Farm Wives podcast. I'm Kelly McCormick, and we also have Mrs. Carolyn Reed. I hesitated for a second. I was like, should I say Mrs. Growing Corn? Do I say Carolyn Reed? I think for this purpose, we're just going to say I'm Carolyn. There you go. I'm Carolyn Reed. So I don't even know what Nick's handle is on. Is it Nick McCormick or is it like nasty stuff after the tractor? Because I definitely don't want to be Mrs. Nasty Stuff. I, so I'm always going to go with my name. Yeah. I, I think it's Nick McCormick. Or I think it is too. configuration of that. I don't yeah. think it's nasty stuff. Yeah. So... How's your week been? Busy. It's yeah. the week before school starts, so we are in into summer mode. Yeah. And into summer mode, if you're a parent, you know is not fun. <laughs> oh, it's all the appointments. School stuff for us has already started, so softball games, cross-country practices, you know, unruly kids who are ready for schedules and routine, mm-hmm. and, you know, just we need to, it's time. It's definitely time. Yeah. The boredom of summer has hit its peak, and yes. everybody's just over it. They're yep. just done. And so we've, we've kind of hit free-for-all mode. We're just... Making it through the day, honestly. Well, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I think at this point, there's nothing fun left to look forward to. Like you get out of school and you're like, for us, we're like, oh, we go on vacation in two to three weeks. And then after that, we're like, oh, we're going to Minnesota to see my family up there in a couple of weeks, you know? And at this point, there's there's nothing left to look forward to. <laughs> Except for this weekend, Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. We are looking forward to this weekend, yes. most definitely. Yeah. Though, So we are doing a, my son Henry has really been into fishing this year and all of his friends have been into fishing. So they've been saving all of their fish throughout the summer and we're going to have a big fish fry as our last hurrah before school starts. So my kids are pretty pumped about it. That'll be fun. But, It'll be but fun. I feel like... I'm the type, like, we've done all the fun things, but we're still trying to cram in all all the rest of the fun things because we only have a week and a half left. So this night, so-and-so is coming over, and we're going to have a party this night, and then there's a swimming party this night, and it's yeah. like, by the time school comes, I'm just, I feel like I've been running a race. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So. I do want to, like, I really want to, next Wednesday, the, the day before school begins, I want to do nothing, nothing, all day, like... I don't want to crash land into Thursday morning when school begins. I want the house to be clean. I want the kids' bedrooms to be clean before Wednesday. I want the every well, the school supplies will already be at school, but I just want a very quiet, peaceful day leading into Thursday. I would like that, but what <laughs> what is more than likely going to happen is Wednesday is going to be the last minute scramble to get everything done, and then when we wake up Thursday morning to go to school, we're still going to be scrambling, and I always say, okay, this year, we are going to have a, a list and a calendar, and we're going to do follow all these things, and it never fails. <laughs> we fail within a week, and I'm like, forget it. But you're trying. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the are. thing, is like you're trying, and that's that's three quarters of the battle right there. <laughs> I try really hard. If you, if I get a medal for trying, I, I've got gold right yes, there. Yes, gold. You are on the podium. The national anthem is playing. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're the the gold recipient. Yeah, yeah. I try really hard, but it's just it never. I know it's always chaos. It is, always, and it's like it's brand new information every single year. Oh, I have to pack a lunch. Yeah. Oh, I have to wear shoes to school. I I need to have a nice outfit. And I'm like, this is not brand new stuff we're doing. We've done this for (laughs) 10 years now. But But that's like church every Sunday morning. What do you, every, every Sunday, what do you mean? I can't wear these shoes because I've said that every Sunday for the last 12 months. Exactly. feel this one to my core because I have this argument every, every single Sunday. Sunday. I'm like, not once have I let you wear the pull of, the pair of shoes that literally are ripped to pieces and falling apart at every single Sunday. It's like, oh, I can't wear these. Why? And I'm like, because you're not wearing those shoes to church. Uh, yeah. Every yeah. Sunday. We got out of the car for church a few weeks ago and I had not, Max had gotten into the car before I had and I looked down <clears throat> and he had like Adidas sliders on with with his church socks for like that you wear with like <laughs> Oxford shoes, like the thin navy blue. And I was like, what, what are you, did, did nobody look at Max and say, <laughs> no, absolutely no, no. <laughs> 
So that's what he wore into church on Sunday. And I was like, you are never allowed to get in the car again before I do. You have to stand here and wait for me to leave through the door so I can see what you are wearing. That's hilarious. I will. I mean, I'm going to throw this out there. Like, don't get me wrong. I want my kids to be presented nicely or whatever. But I remember when Henry was three or four, we went through this phase where all he would wear is what I call gum boots, galoshes, yep. whatever. I remember would wear nothing else and we warmed the church yeah. every single Sunday and I told everybody I was like there's some battles I'm not gonna fight and I was like if he wants to wear his rain boots to church every Sunday that's fine yeah we'll just do it so and he wore those I think he was probably like seven or eight before he finally was like <laughs> eh, maybe I'll wear a pair of tennis shoes <laughs> and I was like whatever I know I get it and I know it's not important I don't know it's just I don't know it's the 1980s child in me that <laughs> well that's kind of what, like my kids are like like, who cares what anybody thinks? And on the one hand, I agree. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, I feel like you should present yourself well. You're going to church, you know. Yeah. You, you don't need to show up in your pajamas. You need to wear something presentable. I can always remember my dad saying, God, you put on your best for God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think that's just drilled into my head. But at the end of the day, I know it doesn't matter. But yeah, I still am like, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. But I'm that way. It doesn't even matter if it's church. We'll be like, I'm trying to think now where we went the other day. <clears throat> and Henry had on a shirt and he had been helping Tony with the tractor. So it was all stained with grease or whatever. And I was like, you can't wear that. And he was like, why? Who cares? And I was like, because we're going out in public. And I was like, you look just like you rolled out of bed and grabbed something off the floor. And he's like, well, I did. And I was like, well, <laughs> well let's, let's make ourselves a little presentable. <laughs> yeah. And, and Max, like he never puts clothes away in his dresser. Like it's always all wrinkled oh. from where he's just, you know, filtered through some laundry basket up in his room and oh yeah so henry and i we've we've discussed this so he actually doesn't have a dresser in his room and so we had like a a bookshelf and it had bins and i'd fold everything or whatever well as he's gotten older and he puts away his own laundry and stuff like that it would just get tossed on his floor or whatever and finally i told him i was like okay i'm not gonna make you fold every single item i was like but at least put it in the bin. So now we have the bins laid out in his closet on the floor and he just throws everything in a heap in the closet. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's it's at least not on his floor. It's in a bin technically. So yep. we go with it. But yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases is B minus work changes the world. <laughs> like, let's just, I'm just going for B minus in life. Like I B minus. I don't want it to look like a tornado with yeah. your room. You yeah. know, as long as things are somewhat put where they belong, I'm yeah. okay with it. Yep. So, but if you tuned into last week's podcast, Kelly's husband, Nick, he gave us a few questions to answer. And so Tony has been so kind to email me a few questions and I have not looked at these, haven't done anything. So I think we're going to do the same thing this week and see what they have to say. I'm a little jittery. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he, he makes me nervous. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. So his question number one is, have kids sports gotten out of hand where it's now a requirement instead of being fun? <clears throat> oh, I have a lot to say on this. So do I. <laughs> but I feel like there may be some people that might not like what I have to say. I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay. So to give a little backstory on my sports involvement growing up, five kids on the farm in the 80s, early 90s, we were allowed to pick one sport. You could be in one sport and that was it. My mom was not driving back and forth to town. 900 times picking people up from practices, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I played basketball. A couple of my sisters also played basketball. A couple of them were on the dance team. I'm not sure. I'm, we'll count that as a sport just for gratuity span. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We tease my sister about that all the time. But anyway, so here we are today in a, a small town and our kids go to a small school. And I have two kids that want to do every single sport every single sport and we are on the go constantly for sports practices etc like right now we're in the throes of softball junior high softball which in our area in 30 days you play 21 or 22 out of the 30 days it's literally like you have Sundays off every Saturday there's a tournament etc and so do do I honestly in my opinion 
the the sports at the school level have not gotten out of hand. What has gotten out of hand is the club rec all of there's no longer a softball season there's no it's just year round and so to me that has is what has what's gone out of hand gotten out of hand and what I what I hate about that whole aspect is that as the kids get older if they don't have parents with the means to go to how many tournaments on the weekends to play the club fees, et cetera, they get left behind in their skill set and don't get to play. And I hate that for the kids whose parents maybe either aren't willing or don't have the financial means to do that. Now, do we do it. We, we do it. <laughs> only, only in one, one sport do we do that. So I do, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of blabbering here. I'm just going on and on and on. So I, I do think it's gotten out of hand. I do think that I wish that there was a season, one sport per season, and then it didn't go year round. But I also don't think that's ever going to change back. I agree. So I'll go ahead and give a little history on myself. So growing up, I had four sisters. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver. My mom was doing it on her own. You did not do sports. It just, it was not even an option. So I grew up in a very non-sports oriented family. So whenever we had kids, Tony was the same way, His he, which his brothers and him just weren't interested. So whenever our kids got old enough or whatever, we wanted to do the sports and different stuff like that, but we've always left it optional for them. Like, okay, if, if you like this and you're having fun, you enjoy this, we're gonna go for it. But we also, we have a life outside of sports. We, we have a, you know, the house, we have farm animals. Tony's always busy farming. There's a lot of other extracurricular activities outside of sports that we like to do together as a family. So the emphasis is not there. And in that sense, I have a daughter who is going into fifth grade. She played softball for a couple years, decided she wanted to take a break. At this point, because all of her friends have been doing it now, she's too late. You know, and that stinks because maybe by the time she hits seventh grade, she'd be like, oh, well, maybe I do want to play softball. But she's so far, everybody else has had so much more practice time. Everybody else has played so much more than her. There's no way for her to dive back into it. And so I'm the same way where I feel like the, oh, what's the word, what do you use? There, it's, it's just so much all the time. You basically have to make a decision when you're in first grade. If you're going to play softball, baseball, volleyball, whatever, because if you don't and don't go all in, then you're not playing by the time you're in junior high. And I understand for a lot of families, like sports is their life and they love it. And that's great. And I appreciate that, you know, that that's what their family likes to do and stuff like that. But I'm like you for the families who have other stuff going on, can't financially afford it and stuff like that. It leaves those kids out and then they just don't get to be on the team. And I'm, I'm one of those people, I believe, play your best players. Yeah. I'm, if my kid is not good enough and he has to sit on the bench or she has to, I fully support that. But on the flip side, when your kid's been playing in three different baseball leagues since he was in first grade and my kid joins up in fourth grade, of course he's going to be better. My kid doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I and I, I'm like you, I don't see it changing at all. I, I see it continuing to escalate. Yeah. Yeah, I, really I would do. agree. Now, and I have to I have to admit my own guilt here too though, because on one hand I hate that and on the other hand I do I am extremely competitive and I do like to win, you know? And so our our 8th grader Colby, our daughter Colby, volleyball is her favorite. <clears throat> we do club volleyball. This year going into 8th grade, she's always played up. So when she was 13, she played 14U, you know, et cetera. And so this year they actually told her at the club, if you want to play 14U, your actual age comes spring, that's fine. But we'll also let you play the, the 15U season. And so I'm like, oh, great. You know, and, and she's like, yes, yes, because God blessed me with two kids who all like they they are very competitive and mm -hmm. they want to do it all. And, and I have to hand it to Colby. She's got an extreme work ethic that she does it. I mean, they're, they're between April and May, she is playing three sports 
and I want to cry. I want to go and sit in the corner of my bedroom, rock back and forth and, you know, suck my hair in the fetal position. And because we are literally like going from, you know, a track meet right after school to club volleyball practice. And, you know, she gets up at five in the morning and does her homework on those nights. And and I don't have to get up and wake her up to do it. She does it on her own. And so I'm, I'm happy that she has that discipline and that work ethic. And, and I will say she's the one that wants to do this. Nick and I have offered her a barrel racing horse <laughs> to quit all sports. <laughs> The shiny new horse. We're like, if you make it so we don't have practices every single day of our life. Maybe. She's like, nah. Yeah. She's like, maybe in high school, but right now I'm still going to do all of these. And she says in high school that she is going to back off. I want to throw out there, though. I also, I'm one of those that, like, when you're on a team and you play sports, just like you said, she knows that she has all these practices. So she gets up and does her homework. And that creates really good time management skills with kids. It helps them with several, you know, being on a team, helping support your team, working for what you want you know drive all of that thing I think it's great you know and it so Henry he he likes sports but he wants to be on the farm that's just who he is as a person I'm fine with that where Cora tends to be a little more competitive and wants to do some sports and so I support her and you know and I will continue to do it but there's also that part of me where I'm like oh I don't want 500 practices (laughs) I have too much stuff to do at home. I know, I know, I know. And (laughs) I joke around all the time. Softball, I think, is the worst as far as like the year round. I always, you've heard me say, I think softball's a cult. (laughs) You have said that, yes. (laughs) Like, what do they define a cult? Like, there you have your own, you know, jargon, your terminology and all that stuff. And, and, you know, practice the ways that you act or whatever. I mean, like we, I I got one of the tents, the tents, the 10 by 10 foot tent for my birthday this year so that I could set it up at a tournament and be in the shade all day. And I've got the, I, I've got the wagon to all the cooler <laughs> and my chairs to the tent. I've got the sun visor. Like I am, I am on it, but I also am like, gosh, why don't you take the barrel raise? <laughs> so my daughter Cora does not play softball, but I have several nieces that do and her friends and all that kind of stuff. So we went to several games this summer and it was definitely one of those like, I'd roll up and have $10 in my pocket and that was it. And they were like, well, well, didn't you bring anything to drink? Didn't you, didn't you bring snacks? You're going to get hot. And I'm like, I, I didn't know I needed to do all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've got, you know, I've got sun. I have a backpack that has an insulated <laughs> cooler on the inside so I can take like a laptop to work in between games when my kid isn't playing. It's got like the drink holders on both sides of the backpack, but I have off and sunscreen in both of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, and then like the games where it got really, really cold. Yeah. I show up in shorts and a t-shirt and everybody's wrapped up in blankets. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know I needed to bring blankets. Oh, yeah. I was not prepared. Well, you just have those in the car because it could be That's 90 and said. it could be 60. Yep. With a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, cult's a strong word, but I mean, I'm, I can see it. <laughs> yes, it is, it is, it is. I, I do love volleyball and I do love basketball mm-hmm. and I'm excited for volleyball season to begin. I love watching volleyball. I don't know anything about it because I didn't play it, Maybe. but I do love watching it and I do love watching basketball. Although I will say this, girls basketball nowadays is like a WWF wrestling match. You've told me oh this before. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So. Oh, you have to come to a game. I mean, they are like on the floor. There is one time Colby and some other girl were wrestling for a ball and Colby grabbed the ball and yanked it over. And that girl flipped from her stomach <laughs> to her back. And I was like, oh my gosh, is she okay? Did she break her back? Did she like, I'm, it is, I do feel, I do wish the refs would get a little bit of a better handle on the girls basketball games because they're, it's like you have to have some wrestling skills to survive on the court that's really and it was not like that when I played growing up see and I like I never played basketball or volleyball 
I have no idea what the rules are yeah. with basketball or volleyball. And so, like, I'll be watching a basketball game and something like that goes down. And I'm like, well, well, isn't there a foul or something? And they're like, well, no, because they didn't do this or this. And I'm like, how, how can you keep that straight? Or, like, whenever they have to, whether they shoot foul shots or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, well, why did this one got a foul? Why didn't they shoot a free throw? And Henry's like, well, because he wasn't shooting for the ball. And I'm like, what? Well, how can you tell? And he's like, he he's always exasperated sitting next to me because I'm like, what just happened? Why, why did they do this? What's going on? And I've watched it now. Henry played for a couple years and then he was actually the manager for his team. I've watched it now for five, six, seven years. I still have no clue what's going on. I'm that way with volleyball. I love watching it. And her coach will try to talk to me about things. You know, she'll be like, oh, this error, whatever. And I'm like, Tammy. <laughs> Like, my knowledge level of volleyball is ball goes over net, good. Ball not go over net, bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm learning. I am learning. But, you know, it's still, I don't, I don't, what was it? I called the rotation one night offense. And Colby's like, we don't have an offense, mom. It's called the rotation. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, in basketball, it's called the offense. (laughs) I feel like whenever you sign your kids up for a sport, they need to have like a pamphlet that they hand you and like okay here's what's going on here's here's what we're looking for what we're not looking for because there'll be several times Cora will do something on the court during volleyball and I'm like oh she just messed up big time she missed it and then come to find out she didn't because she wasn't that wasn't her area wasn't her area so she wasn't supposed to go and I'm like oh I was just thinking get the ball get the ball get the ball over the net you know so they need to have an orientation for the parents like me who have no idea what's going on I need like a dummies guide yeah dummies guide to junior high girls volleyball (laughs) can you please explain the rules pretend you're talking to your toddler and let me know what I'm supposed to be looking for (laughs) absolutely absolutely but yeah no so overall yes I do think it's gone too far do I think that's ever going to change absolutely not I do really appreciate the time management skills that it's given my kids it's I appreciate the work ethic it's given my kids even Max who is 10 his favorites cross country and he has his eyes he's like I want to make it to nationals this year mom I want to make it to nationals and he knows who on the team went to nationals last year and he's like my goal is to just run 10 feet behind them you know and and so Oh, as a runner, I have a lot of coaching things I could tell. There you go. There you go. I'll send him over because Lord knows I'm not going to go out and run with him. I'm going to go on a little running (laughs) spiel here. But one of my most favorite books in the entire world is Born to Run. And they talk about when you're in a race or anything like that, you don't want to be the front person. Yeah. You want to pick that person in front of you that you want to be. And all you have to do is keep pace with them the yep. entire time. That's it. And then you take them down. In the right last quarter the, mile yep. or whatever. Because they're, they're giving it everything yeah. they have because they know you're chasing them. And so they're, they don't know how close you are. They're just running all for it. All you have to do is get your sights on them and keep pace with them. And then you take them over yeah. at the end. Yeah. And I've used that several times in races where I'm like, okay, this is, you're my person I'm going to take down. So I'm going to keep pace with you. And then I'm going to take you over at the end of the race. So, and it works. I remember the one time that I was a runner for six months. <laughs> it was a great six months, wasn't it? I still it? have a <laughs> weird toe because of it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, one of my weird friends when I worked at John Deere, Luann, she ran marathons. She still runs marathons as a hobby. All over the world. Oh, I ran, I, ran, I ran the Great Wall of China Marathon. I'm like, we went to Florida and laid on a beach. You know? <laughs> oh, but anyway. Go both ways, actually. I could go both ways. <laughs> she talked me and another friend into running the Chicago Marathon with her. And I'm like, I will do half, but I will not do the whole thing. I will do half. And so I trained and I trained or whatever. But the nice thing about the Chicago Marathon is that people put on their backs their pace. And so you know that if you're running, mm-hmm. I'm sure you see it. You've probably seen it in your longer races. So it was like, okay, if you run like a 12 minute mile for 13 miles or whatever you just find that person and run five or six feet behind them 10 feet whatever and that was helpful that was nice so i did the illinois marathon which is up there at champaign yeah and they did there was not paces on the back but the way they released you in waves when you ran you told them what your pace oh. was so you knew this group of people that i'm going to start running this race with run the same pace i do it's and so peeps. then you 
you could kind of, you know, look around you and be like, okay, these are the, this is the group I'm going to hang with because they run the same, you know, way I do or whatever. So, and it it was helpful. It was very helpful because I'd be like, okay, I saw that girl to start line. I'm keeping up with her. So I'm still on track because my biggest thing when I'm running is, and I know a lot of people do it, but I hate looking at my watch, checking my pace all the time because I feel like that is a mental thing it messes with your head you just need to run you know so it'd be helpful like because I don't look at my watch I'd just be like okay I saw her at the start line I'm gonna run with her yeah 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 no I so I'm gonna go back to Tony's question for a second do you think that the way we treat sports now versus the way we treated sports 20 years ago is gonna have a negative impact I think that sports today for a lot of people is their religion. You know, it's, it's what they, what their lives revolve around, et cetera. And I don't, I don't know. That's a really hard question. 20 years ago. No, I would say the early, like, gosh, 40 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the eighties, that oh type my gosh. of thing. I was yeah. thinking eighties was 20 years ago. No, oh my goodness. It's going to be 50 years ago in just eight years, Carolyn, 50 years <gasps> ago. I was thinking eighties when I said that. I know, right? No. Oh my gosh. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 20 years ago would still be in the two thousands. Yes. Okay. And so I do feel like, I feel like the late nineties, early two thousands is when that shift really came. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong there. So, and I'm not professing to know anything about any sports, but I think if I'm correct, like there's only so many pitches a pitcher can throw during a baseball game. Like they've limited now because they've shown that that will hurt their arm or whatever. And I always think, well, what if your kid starts pitching in second grade though? Mm -hmm. By the time they're junior high, you know, I've, I feel like kids are so much more prone to injuries now because now if you do play, you're playing on two to three teams every summer, spring, whatever the season is. And you're almost setting them up to hurt themselves and get injured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And really interesting thing. I don't know anything about college baseball, et cetera, but one of the girls that I used to work with, her husband was a baseball coach at the college level. And he used to say he didn't want those kids that had been playing year round since they were in third grade. He's like, their bodies are worn out. Mm -hmm. He's like, they're, they're worn out. He's like, I don't want those kids. (laughs) And it's one of those where you have to find the thin line between I'm, I'm a firm believer if you have a goal that you, you yeah. need to work for it and you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to give up things. But at the same time, you also need to make sure they're still doing, they're still a kid and they're still doing kid things too, because it's great to have this wonderful goal in mind and you're working towards it all the time. And this creates all this great worth ethic and stuff like that. But you also need time to let loose and be okay with letting loose because I always worry like, it's going to create this perfectionist kind of mentality. And then your kid's going to go to college and they're like, I'm getting an A minus and freak out, you know, and stuff like that. And it, it's so much pressure. That's the word I'm looking for. It's so much pressure on them where they need to be able to realize, yes, I have a goal and I'm working for it, but it's okay that I've took this amount of downtime to just chill and be a kid and, you know, go do that kind of stuff. So. I would say, like, looking back at my childhood, too, and I look at my sister Karen and her family, they, I mean, maybe their daughter, one of their daughters might have played basketball. They had a couple cheerleaders, et cetera. But their sport is showing cattle. That's what they Mm -hmm. do as a family. You know, I mean, they're, you know, out there every morning walking, you know, steers, heifers, whatever, blowing them out, you know, that type of thing. And that's more what I grew up with Mm -hmm. as a family doing that. And I don't, I don't see us, there's, there's part of me, Colby would love, love to have livestock and show whether it's hogs or steers or whatever. I don't see Nick really ever wanting to get into that. And honestly, 4-H is different today than what it was when I was a kid. And I don't know that I have the patience to go through all of that. And just the showing, once again, I mean, like it's it's all up-leveled, you know, Mm -hmm. dramatically. I, I don't know that I could get back into it at this point. This is probably a very general statement, but I feel like everything has become a lot more complicated. Complicated As, and intense. Yes. And it's and whether that's sports or 4-H or anything like that, there's so much more 
that you have to do for yeah. it in order to cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure you're doing everything. And so to me, that almost sucks a little bit of the fun out of it and the, the learning experience too. But on the flip side, we live in a world that's a lot more complicated now and yeah. there's a lot more hoops we have to jump through on a day-to-day basis even. Yeah. So. No, I agree. I completely agree. But yes. Yeah, so, okay. Should we move on to the yep. second question? Question number two. Okay. I know. We need a drum roll here. Oh, goodness. Okay. As a farm wife, does your husband discuss the business side of farming with you? Example, will he just go buy a tractor or does he discuss it with you first? That depends. <laughs> On our end, no. I don't I don't discuss a lot of it with Nick at all. Nick doesn't discuss it with me. I was always have always been very busy with my own job and career and, and that type of thing. Now where we do discuss things is in the November, December time frame. Mm-hmm. As we're preparing taxes and all of that stuff. Like what can you know, what are we what are we writing checks out for right now, you know, and and number wise, all of that stuff. So we do really, really discuss those things at the end of the year. But the other 10 months, no, I'm, it's, it's ignorance, complete oblivion. <laughs> I'm so glad you I said that. No, I have no idea I'm what Nick has way. bought. I have a thing. Yeah. But I mean, he's responsible, you know, I mean, he's a responsible individual and just takes care of it. And, you know, he will buy equipment and, and he has the mechanical capabilities to, you know, fix stuff and, and, you know, I'm going to call it flipping. That's probably not the word for it or whatever. But so, yeah, I, I am, I'm completely oblivious at this time to the decisions he makes when it comes to like buying equipment or the fertilizer or things like that. Hell, I mean, I know if he was sitting right here, he would be like, Kelly doesn't even know where every single one of our fields is at. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and this is where I lose my spot on the Unfiltered Farm Wives podcast. <laughs> but Yeah, no. I think though, so I'm really glad you said that because I have several things I want to say. Where do I want to start? Okay, so first of all, I know nothing. Absolutely nothing farming side of it. I have no idea what Tony is buying, what his inputs, output, I'm nothing about it. He takes care of 100% of that. I'm the same way during tax time. I'm like, okay, what do we need to get together? You know, I try to help him, but he really truly does run that 100% completely on his own. He'll make passing comments to me like, oh yeah, well, if I had sold today, I could have got, you know, X amount for my beans, yes. corn, you know, whatever, yep. but still not discussing with me, well, well, should I, should I do today? Should I wait? You know, depending on what the market is and stuff like that. But I also think though, as a, that's, that's his realm Fear of influence is what, a, what an old friend used to call that. Okay. What he's in charge of. Yeah, he's in charge of that. Yeah. On the same token, he has no clue what I do to run our household. I would agree. Absolutely yes. no idea. Yeah. He has no idea what the costs are for electric, water, what I do for groceries, taking care of, like, as far as kids' clothing, everything like that. He right. has no idea how I run any of that yeah. at all. That's my, you know. And if there's something that comes up that's maybe a, a bigger deal or a bigger purchase, I'll maybe discuss it with him, Lily, be like, hey, you know, I had to take the kids' school clothes shopping, just, you know, FYI, I dropped $500, yeah, you know, whatever, yeah. but he still has no idea. But I think that to me, like is a typical farm marriage relationship. I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are a lot more wives that are more involved in that, but I don't know. Like, I definitely know some farm wives who, I mean, I know farm wives that their, their husband works on, you know, a full-time job on top of farming and the farm wife, you know, they, as the farm wife, they're like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, rake hay and they take care of all of that. And they are in charge of selling the grain, you know, the marketing end of things and all of that. And I really, really admire them for that. And do I feel confident that I could step in and do it if needed? Absolutely. I do feel a hundred percent confident. I like, I'm not, you know, bamboozled by the whole thing or, you know, scared of it, et cetera. But right now in our marriage and the way our lives are, I'm in charge of these other things that, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, if, if something happened to me, I know Nick could step in and take care of these other things, but right now he doesn't have to, this is what I'm in charge of. And this is what he's in charge of. So I actually have a folder saved on our computer <laughs> uh, and it is labeled if something happens to me 
because yeah. Tony would have no idea. Yeah. Like he doesn't know when anything's due, anything like that. And I've literally set up a folder on our computer and it like walks him through. These are the things we have to do. This is when I pay our quarterly taxes. This is when this payment is due. This walks him through absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. But still on the flip side, like the day to day of our lives, I don't know that I, I have, he would figure it out. Yeah. He would. But at this point, he has no no clue. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he has no wish to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, a really good example is our retirement fund. Like, I completely manage that. I'm the one that attends the meetings with our financial advisor. I know how much money has to be put in that every single month. I know what's up. I know what's down. And could he step in and, and you know, do it? Yes. But it's something that I'm very particular about and I want my finger on it and, and everything. And so I take care of that, you know. I think for me, like, like, cause Tony take, takes care of that for us and not that I am not capable of it. Cause right. I'm the same way. Like if something happened to Tony tomorrow, would I struggle? Yes. But could I figure out what I needed to do? Absolutely. Yeah. I figure it out and make it happen. But I also kind of take maybe a more traditional yeah. wife, conservative. I don't know how to word that where that that's kind of what he takes care of. My job is kids and household. That's what I'm running and I'm going to take care of all that. He can take care of all that. Yeah. Well, Nick has said, going back to the sports conversation, Nick has said, he's like, if Kelly dies tomorrow, all sports are off. (laughs) He's like, there is no way I am managing that calendar and practices and who has to be where, you know, like Mm -hmm. today, Colby had to be at the softball diamond at three o'clock. Max had piano practice at three o'clock. So I'm running her to one town that's 15 minutes away from the piano, like, sit and sit there and you know, I run her. I'm like, you're just going to have to get to the softball diamond 15 minutes early. You're fine. And so she's, she's up there. I run max to piano practice. As soon as we're done, I'm like, come on, we're going to the softball game, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we head up for the softball game and we're there till six 30 or so, you know? And yeah, Nick is like, if something happens to you, all sports are off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think kind of to tie both of these questions together, So going back 40 years when sports were not what they were and maybe the farm family was a little busier, do you think that is what has changed maybe the sports? Because if you were, had a more active role on the farm where you're helping farm, you wouldn't have time to run those kids to those sports. They'd probably be in the field with you guys. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I mean, my mom ran a lot of equipment until us girls were older, and then we took her place. But yeah, I I do. I do think that is a lot of it, is that we have the time and the Mm -hmm. resources to do it. So we do do it. But yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think back whenever I was growing up, and we didn't farm or anything, we just lived in the country, but we had several animals, gardening, all that kind of stuff we really didn't have a lot of excess time to do anything like that. Like you got off the bus from school, you did your homework and then you were outside doing chores and weekends were spent, you know, cutting wood, tending to chickens, you know, if, if we were harvesting corn that weekend, you know, whatever, we didn't have a lot of time to do that stuff. And that's why I think was a big factor, not only because my mom was doing it on her own, but there was just no time, you know? Well, and I think that's a lot of the reason why, a couple of us girls played basketball. Basically, all all five of us, regardless of if we were playing basketball or if we were a cheerleader for the boys' basketball team, it was a winter sport because mm-hmm. my, you know, besides doing the cattle chores, there was no farming going on. I did run track my seventh and eighth grade year. And I remember my mom came to one or two, but they would just literally were like, if you want to do this, it's fine. When you're done with a meet, walk to Grandma Budkey's house, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll come pick you up there because we're in the field. It's the spring, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was okay with that. Like, I understood that, you right. know, this is just what life was. So I should throw out, I guess I didn't, I, I didn't play any sports, but I was in band. And then I also was on Scholar Bowl for a couple of years. Love Scholar. I love it. It's because it's trivia and I love oh, trivia I do questions. Too. Oh my gosh, I love Scholar Bowl. Yeah. We called it Scholastic Bowl, but I love it. Scholastic Bowl, yeah. I yeah. Mean, and maybe the name changed somewhere I don't know. in there. I don't yeah. know. But 
Anyways, I was on that for a couple of years, but it was the same thing. My mom had no time to come watch me do any of that kind of stuff. And so I was always hitching a ride with my friends yeah. or I remember there was a local restaurant there in Sturzen and the bus would drop you off and I'd walk in and they'd let me borrow their phone and I would have to call my mom to come pick me up. And so I'd always bring money and buy a snack there and just kind of hang out until someone could come pick me up or whatever because they just didn't have the time to do it you know which to me like I could not fathom not going to any of my kids stuff nowadays like, I know right it, and it, I don't know why I my parents know. never came to anything I remember <laughs> I had a huge it, we always did like a winter concert and a spring concert yeah for and it was the spring concert and they were going to let me play first chair for oh, flute and I was I was one of the youngest ones and it was kind of a big deal. And my mom was busy and out of town and didn't come. And so I stayed at my grandma's house and someone came and picked me up from my grandma's house and took me to the school and I went. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I was like, yeah, well, whatever. She's busy. No big deal. You know, but, but yeah, now that I think about that with like my own children, I'm like, I would never do that. I, I have to be at every single game cheering and freaking out. <laughs> and my parents would have never have worn like a school t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're like, yeah, we are we're all geared out. <laughs> all I own is school gear and school t-shirts. <laughs> it's like my uniform. But I part have of so it so many options. Like I always joke around too that um I'm gonna shout out Allison here, our friend Allison. Anytime I complain about sports or about going to something, Allison is like, Kelly, shape up. These are the best years of our life and you are mm-hmm. going to miss this someday. And so suck it up and go sit in the bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> and she's right. She's right. We yeah. will miss it someday. And that's the thing. Like if I can't make, like there's been a couple times where I've had to show up late to a game yeah. or something like that. Like I miss it. I feel I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I missed her. Yeah. I missed her serving or I missed. And it's always know. when they do real well. Yes. Always. Oh every single gosh, time. Yes. Every time someone will send me a picture and be like, oh, you just missed it. Henry did this or Corey did that. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. I'm two minutes away. I'm almost there. I know. Any other time, nothing exciting is going to happen. But Going back to the Scholar Bowl thing, though, I do have to say, so first of all, I loved Scholastic Bowl. Like, total nerd. (laughs) I loved Scholastic Bowl. Me too. I also um, love Jeopardy. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, so Colby last year track meet, you know, the very first track meet of the year is like a Shelbyville, Illinois invitational or whatever. It's April and it's the wet, like it was 30 degrees it's and it was going absolutely back and freezing. forth between rain and sleet, little snow. It is dark already. And I'm, and of course she long jumps, which is the last event of the day. So everybody else is left except for these girls who are long jumping. And I'm just cursing myself. And every time she walks by, I say two words, scholar <laughs> bull. Scholar bull. Like you just click a little button. Yes. Climate control, comfortable (laughs) seats, scholar bull. And she's like, mother. And I'm like, come on, just consider it. Consider it. (laughs) Yeah. The extremes of the weather is what bothers me. So Cora did cross country last year, which she's not doing again this year. But yeah, you would show up and it might be 80 degrees and everybody's sweating and dying. And the next time... I literally wore a sock hat to one of her games and like two sweatshirts and I was like shivering under a blanket the yep. entire time and I was like, come on, hurry up and run. I'm ready to go. Nick says that's his favorite sport to watch though because yes. it's like 25 minutes long. It's like you go to the starting <laughs> line and you clap. You walk to the midway point, you clap. You go to the finish line, you clap. It's 25 minutes at most and you go home. Yep. <laughs> He's yep. like best sport ever. It is very, <laughs> their time management skills are amazing. You're, you're in it. Now you're in and out. That's funny. Going back to the scholar will thing, I have to say this. So, so I played scholar will, loved it, whatever. And then when Tony and I got together, he's also a big Jeopardy fan. And so him and I would watch Jeopardy together. And like we would always be competing against each other to see who would get more questions right, which he has a ridiculous amount of useless knowledge and it really aggravates the He's heck out the of me. Cliff Clavin of Shelby County, is oh he? My gosh. Should I start calling him that? <laughs> he may not even know who you're talking about. But he, so at the time, he would get home before I did because I worked at Mattoon at the time. Well, I didn't realize they played Jeopardy at 4 30 p.m. 
watch it. And he'd watch it before me. And then at 5.30 when we'd watch it. And I was like, so no, you're not smarter than me. You're a cheater. You're a cheater. bastard. Yeah, yeah. He's like, there were several times, like, I'd almost shout out the answer before they'd even finish the question. And he's like, Carolyn would just look at me and be like, what are you doing? Like, and I would. I was like, how? That's not even a topic that you know anything about. Like, it'd be like Greek mythology. And I'm like, I know you don't know anything about that. And you just got that right? Right. How? But yeah. So my parents did that to us growing up in the 1980s you had the heyday the heyday of wheel of fortune oh yeah (laughs) so they started this whole contest at nights who had to do the supper dishes the parents or the kids and the we would sit in opposite rooms each with a tv and whoever won because there was like what three rounds and then Mm -hmm. the final so whoever got the majority or whatever didn't have to do dishes and they would get it every time and we just thought it was because they were just so much smarter than us no wheel of fortune (laughs) played on two different channels and the second channel was like two minutes (laughs) ahead so they had all the extra letters or the person solving the puzzle it took us like three months to figure that out they're total cheaters on the wheel of fortune (laughs) who has to do the dishes game hilarious Yeah. yeah i do like that that's funny <laughs> Ooh, i really like the idea that you guys like competitively decided oh who yeah had to do this, this, this yeah is. my dad like when i played basketball if we would he was really good like he didn't like go out and practice practice with me but if we if there was some chore to do on the farm he would say let's go out and play a game of pig and whoever loses has to like roll up the hoses or something uh-huh. around the barns or something and so just like it you know 10 minutes or something like that and and so yeah that's we awesome. would they were really he they were both really good about things like that that's very like i really really it like just, that it was like gamification of the chores around yeah. the house you know I'm, see and i love playing games tony not so much but like i'll play board games with the kids like their favorite thing is whenever they have friends over they always want me to play around a clue with them because because oh. i'm a clue champion are you i'm a pretty i should have been a detective like <laughs> You're speaking I, to somebody who I'm pretty sure should have been in the CIA. So, I you know, know. exactly. <laughs> I like, I've read all these detective books and know what's going on. You gotta, you gotta pay yeah, attention to the people yeah, you're playing with, yeah. which I mean, I'm playing with 13 and 10 year olds, but bless their hearts. <laughs> but they're always like, mom, will you play around a clue with us or whatever? And their favorite story is one night they had friends over and we did around a clue and I lost. But the reason I lost was Josie was my teammate and she dropped half of my cards on the table oh, and under the ottoman. Josie. So I didn't have those clue cards. <laughs> and I, I always tell the kids, I was like, I would have taken you down yeah. if I didn't have, I only had half the clues. And I said, I still only, you guys only beat me by like one. <laughs> but So I grew up, we didn't play a lot of board games, but playing cards. Oh my gosh, the card playing. And, you know, as you know, like I had two aunts, my Aunt Gail and my Aunt Stacy, who were kind of between my mom and us in age. And so they were almost like older sisters. And so we would get together with them all the way through my 30s and play cards with them. We played two two different games, Speed, which is kind of like solitaire with partners or with, with, a, with different, not partners, but with a group of people. And okay. you had to get rid of this pile of cards. And then the other one was one called Shanghai Rummy. And I thought for sure you were going to say Euchre. No, no, I never played Euchre with them. Euchre was just with our friends in the cattle barns and everything. I was, I was, I lo- I was oh like, my gosh, say that's Euchre. my third I'm favorite. I will, yeah, I love Euchre. But anyway, with, they would come, like after I graduated from, from college and had my own place or whatever, they would come visit for a weekend or all of us, all the three of us would go to Minnesota to visit my sisters and we would taunt each other the week beforehand. We would call each other and leave voicemails. We're like, hey, it's Kelly and I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> But we could never, ever beat my Aunt Gail. And to this day, she's passed away now, but to this day, we're always like, she cheated. We don't know how, but she cheated. She was so hard to beat. It, any game, any any car, both of those games, we could never beat her. And But I... There was one time at my house. Either game. Oh my gosh! I've I've taught my kids how to play them, and they're always like, "Will you play chess? Will you play Yahtzee?" I'm like, "No, but I'll play some Shanghai (laughs) Rummy with you." And they're like, "Ugh," because I always win. (laughs) 
I see. I always play chess with my kids, and yeah. I always win. But. Oh, I've always Max likes chess, and I can't beat him now. He has surpassed the teacher. <sighs> I, I don't I know. Also throw out. I was also in the chess club for a year <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I was the coolest person you ever met in the entire me world too, in high school. Too. And we and were raised together. I we would have been it. nerds oh, we together. Been oh yeah, yeah. We would have sat on the bus together and Reading read books. our little house on the prairie yes. books and not talked to each other for the entire bus ride. That would have been great because uh-huh. the girl I had to sit with on the bus wanted to talk, and I was <laughs> like, I don't want to talk. Oh, no. I just want to read my book. <laughs> so don't you remember like? There on the very back of the bus, they always had the seat that was like just for one person. Yes. I always had that seat and I sat oh, by myself. We had assigned seats on our buses. Oh no, we didn't have assigned seats. So I always, and I was the first one on the bus and I was the last one off the bus. So I always got that seat. You're so lucky. I would just always sit back there. Nobody could sit with me. And so I just grab my book out of my book bag and sit back there and read for an hour. <laughs> I, and if Tony listens to this, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, why? Why did I marry her? <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this because as we go down our like nerd uh-huh. like our he, nerd fest he mentally shuts off he's like <laughs> and i'm out i'm done nick always says your childhood scares and baffles me <laughs> but i think it's funny because you and i grew up how many miles apart yeah. but we literally had like the exact same childhood yes. and i don't know if we should contribute that to because we're the same person or because <laughs> we both had four sisters yep. grew up in the country you know was was it that or we had or, to like stack wood for the wood stove in the winter absolutely i yeah I, whenever i moved out i was like i will never ever own a wood stove i hate wood i hate yeah. cutting wood i hate stacking wood we have a wood stove yeah we do not. Nick would be like, that's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> why would, he's like, why would you go to that extra work versus just having like a regular furnace? And I'm like, it was the 80s. We were so poor. We were so poor. Because the heat is so much better. <laughs> I sound like my mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, I will have to say the house that Nick grew up in, it had wa- hot water heat oh, yes. around the baseboard. We so had that, they that, had yeah. fabulous. It's like that very thick, yes. nice mo- like heat. Yeah, it's great. The only thing I didn't like about that was because we had that in our second house there in town i felt like it made the air so moist yeah and there was so much moisture in the air and like you were constantly do i run the dehumidifier do i run the humidifier because there were several times like we'd have different like scratchy throats colds and stuff and i knew it was because of the heat yeah so but it still it was one of the it took it takes a little bit to get used to yeah but it is a very warm heat. But with the wood stove, that's what everyone always jokes around. They're like, we walk into your house and it's like a thousand degrees. It is. And I was like, I know. It's just the way the wood heat is. Yeah. And it's fabulous. Because I'm always cold. So. <laughs> yes. House is always warm. So, okay. I think, I think we've, I think we've probably, we hit all of Tony's questions. So. Yeah. I think they we're were good. good ones. They were good ones. Actually. Made me think. I kind of like having them ask us questions I do too. versus coming up with our own topics and I, I think it's just because it puts you on the spot and it's never anything I think they're going to ask. No, you know what I mean? no. It's very spontaneous Yeah. instead of, yeah, planned. Very, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do like it. I do. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I can't, maybe this will be something we'll set up an email and our listeners can send us questions and we just have to blind react to whatever they send us. Yes. On appropriate levels. Yes. Yes. With veto powers in yes. place. Definitely. Wow. How many vetoes do we get? <laughs> How many did they get on friends? Like five, but they took up 10. <laughs> Veto. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, let's close her down for tonight, Carolyn. And once again, thanks again, everybody, for listening. We've had a good time. And we look forward to doing this again next week. And hope you guys will check us out again. So have a good night. Bye-bye.